0: Thank you for tuning in to this week's podcast from Discovery Church. Our hope is that this message would help you seek truth and find purpose. If you would like to know more about Discovery Church, please check us out online at mydiscoverychurch.ca. With that said, let's go to this week's message. And so many of us, uh, so many people think that there's, That decisions, there's only like three or four major decisions in my life that I make that make a truly meaningful life. Who do I marry? Do I buy a a house or do I not? Some of the major decisions that we make, sometimes we feel like those are the ones that define us. But a truly meaningful life actually is defined by hundreds and hundreds of little decisions stacked up on top of each other. And the first part of our series, we, I, I don't know if you can believe it, but it was seven weeks ago that we started our decision series. And I was going over my messages this last week, and I'm like, we're, this is the last day of our decision series? This is crazy. And I think back that there were seven. But for the first four weeks, we looked at what it was to, uh, to listen to God's voice in every decision season. And that there's a decision that sometimes God tells us to start. Sometimes he tells us to stop. Sometimes he tells us to stay and sometimes he tells us to go. And it's kind of like we're not a schizophrenic church. We're just we just want to be listening to God's voice because there's all these seasons in our lives that 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 God calls us to shift and move and to stay and to go and to and, and, and to move when he says, and and we need to be listening to his voice. And then we also talked about how how there's there's different seasons of decision making. But God don't only deserve good decisions. We typically make really good decisions. We're adults. We're all here. We're not in jail yet. No, most of us, we, we may have a past, but we're all here. So we're, the, most of the decisions that we make during the day are good decisions. You may only go over the speed limit a little bit. And you don't get caught too often. Or you, most of us make general decisions. Mostly we don't make bad decisions. But do we make the best decisions? We make good ones, but God deserves our best and out of, out of our best decisions, in the last couple of weeks we talked about how there would be some byproducts when we make the best decisions. And so one of those byproducts will be in every decision season, whether or not you're staying or stopping or going or, or coming or, or leaving or God's calling you to do something. No matter what decision you make, there's three things, there's three byproducts that will be in your life. And one of them will be a heart to serve others. That no matter if your if your life is falling apart, no matter if God is telling you to stay where you are, or to, or to go or to leave or or to slow down or to yield, no matter what it is, you will always God will always call you to serve others. No matter what's happening, the greatest leader who ever lived was Jesus, and he led by serving. And we have an opportunity for you to serve. And we want to create an opportunity because we believe that our heart is—is is God's heart is all, our heart. And we've created an opportunity for us to serve. July 14th, we're actually partnering with uh, almost 600 other churches from across our world uh, on what we call Serve Day. And it's July 14th, and what we're going to do, we're actually going to do sandwiches and a lunch bag with waters and treats and stuff. And we're going to actually do bag lunches, and we're going to go and hit the, the downtown core of our city. And uh, near the Bissell Center and Hope Mission and different areas. And we're just going to hand out uh, sandwich bags. And we would love to welcome as many people to jump on a serve day because that is a really, that is the best decision that we can make. Not just a good one. To serve others is the best decision that we can make. If you actually go on our website, www.mydiscoverychurch.ca, click on groups and you can... Scroll through groups, and you can actually find the group that says Serve Day, July 14th. Just register for it, and then we'll send you out an email, depending on how many people we get and the areas that we'll go to. But it is Serve Day. We're looking at starting at 9 o'clock and finishing at about 3. That's Serve Day. That is a byproduct. Another byproduct when we make the best decision is that we connect with other people. That God calls us to be in relationship with others. He doesn't call us to be disconnected. He calls us to be connected. And that's what's so beautiful about, about a church. It's not just that you can come and we can sing some great songs and we can have a barbecue, but we can connect on a deeper level and, and find friends because God calls us to connect with people uh, that, that make us better. We looked last week at Samuel, people that make us better. But he also, we also need friends in our life that help us find the strength in God in our weakest moments. And we also need someone who cares enough about us to tell us the truth even when we're being an idiot. Right? Even when we're a mess up, we, we even when we're doing something that that is that is against uh, everything that God has for us, we we need people in our lives. We need friends, we need friends that are not just not out to get us, but are out to help us realize that we're we're messing up and to bring us back on people that love us so much that they're willing to have that hard conversation. And this is the last day of our decisions series. And and, um, before we jump right into the last byproduct of the best decisions that we can make, we're just going to watch the, the sermon trailer one last time, let it sink into our heads, and let it impact our lives this morning. We are faced with hundreds of decisions every day. The ones we make today determine the stories we tell about our lives tomorrow. truly meaningful life doesn't happen through a few big decisions. You build it up by stacking hundreds and hundreds of smaller ones. It is not too late to change the story that you'll tell one day. You can start something new. No matter how desperate, uncertain, afraid, or stuck you may feel right now, your story isn't over. One decision at a time. Decisions that make up every moment of our lives. Starts one decision at a time. It's never too late to start something new. You're here today and you're kind of like, man, I'm, I'm done. I've got too many years wasted. The God that I serve can restore wasted years, just, just, so, just so you know. But the last byproduct when we make the best decisions in our life is trust. That's our last byproduct. Would you just pray with me? God, we just thank you for this this morning. We thank you for Canada. We thank you for our country. But we thank you for your relationship. God, as we look at the last decision this morning, God, I pray that you would mold our hearts, change our minds, and let us trust you even when it doesn't make sense. In your name. Amen. I remember, uh, it's, it's ironic, but uh, this past week, Newfoundland where if you if you've been here a couple of times I'm I'm originally from Newfoundland. And uh it was about a week ago that they had a snowstorm. Which is insane if you ask me, but it's it's not unusual. I remember uh a ki- being a kid and my parents owned this like uh community convenience store, gas bar, garage. It was kind of like the all-in-one thing when you lived in a town of 500 people. it's like everybody went there for anything. And I remember waking up one morning, and it was my, my turn to, to uh, work at the store. And my, I wasn't old enough, but my, my, my mom drove me to, to work in the morning. I opened up, got everything ready, and it was a, it was a, cool, it was a cooler day, but it was sunshining. It was like the sun was shining, and I was like, okay. And all of a sudden, that mid-afternoon, we were in the middle of a snowstorm. We thought we had a kind of weird in Alberta sometimes where we can have four different seasons. Well, you haven't experienced four different seasons in one day until you got one in Newfoundland's, uh, like, seasons. Literally, you can do four seasons in an hour. And I remember getting a call while I was at the store by myself working. My mom was was, uh, a few neighbors down, like maybe about a kilometer down the road. And it was snowing so bad... That she actually went to put on her brakes while going down a hill and it was so slippery that she continued to slide across a lane into the ditch on the other side. And there was so much water and flooding that it literally like almost covered her car. And I remember getting this phone call and not knowing what I was supposed to do. She just wanted to call because she was in shock. But it reminded me that storms in our lives seem to come out of nowhere. We could, be, we could be walking along one day or going about life and all of a sudden something happens. And there's, I'm not talking about a, phys- a like a, a weather storm, but just a storm in our lives. It seems that they just come out of nowhere. I think we could all, all agree that life as though it can be fun and it can be purposeful and meaningful, life is not easy. Storms seem to swirl up out of nowhere. All of a sudden we get a call and, and our dad is diagnosed with cancer. Or we lose a member of our family way too early. Or people are being let go of, of, our, of their jobs and the list of storms continue to go on. It kinda, it's it's, it's kind of like this. Storms happen. We're either coming out of a storm. We're right in the middle of one. Or you're probably close to going into one. And it seems no matter where you're at, that's kind of where we fall. And even though life might be going along pretty good right now, you don't have to think too far or to look too far before you find somebody that is in the middle, middle of a storm. But here's a true test for us. When life gets tough, and we know it will, we're old enough. I'm only 34, but I'm old enough that I know that life will get tough even if the season is going good. How will we respond to it? And how we respond to the storms of our lives will determine the stories that we tell about our lives tomorrow. In the middle of the crappiest day, will we make the decision to trust God... And we'll we, will we make the decision to trust that God is good even when life is not. Our decision to trust God in the middle of storms is the biggest decision we will ever make. I spent about 10 years of, of my life working directly with teenagers. Teenagers being those from 12 to 18. I spent uh, six years on staff as a youth pastor and then three and a half to four years traveling throughout our nation... Uh, speaking out of high schools and camps and, and leading worship at conferences and, and different things and working directly hand-in-hand hand with, with teenagers and sitting down and getting to know their lives. And it always baffled me. And I'm not the only one that's been baffled by this, but it, I always wondered why it was between high school and post-secondary or that 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 four-year age gap after high school, why so many people seem to walk away from their faith in Jesus. I always wonder and I've read documents and been a part of discussions and, and interviews and I always wonder why is it that people generally walk away from their faith when they leave home. And we could equate it to oh, well they got student loans so all of a sudden they got a few thousand dollars in their bank account so let's go blow it at the bar and that happens. Or maybe it's because they, they did a class at university and they have a sociology teacher and friends that make such a strong argument for evolution that if that's true, well, what is everything that I believe is true? Or some people would say, well, you just never spend enough time reading a word. Kara Powell is actually one of the world's leaders in, in youth and, and faith research. And she says all of those things have, like, have a little part to play in people's decision-making, But she categorizes it all and says the number one reason that teenagers walk away from their faith after graduating high school is because they were never given a safe place to doubt the existence of God. They were never given a safe place to explore their doubts. Never given a place to explore their doubts. I don't know if you've ever thought this before, but it's kind of like, well, if the Bible says it, I believe it. I've met people like that. I don't, I want to be like that, but there's there's times I'm like, ah, the Bible says it. I know I'm supposed to believe it, but it doesn't seem to line up. God says he's good, but this ain't real good right now, or, or it's like, yeah, I have doubts, but my faith is way louder than my doubts, so I, I, it just drowns out my doubts. You probably heard those, but honestly, if I could be completely honest, not me. And I've, there's times in my life where I felt bad and felt like I wasn't a good Christian if I doubted. If I, was, if I was a skeptic. But this is the thing. I don't know if honest skepticism is a bad thing at all. I think honest skepticism actually gives a window of opportunity for God to show up in our lives in a way that we weren't expecting. And I would go as far as to say that I don't know if we can have strong faith Unless we push through some honest doubts. Let that sink in for a moment. Have you ever doubted God's provision in your life? I have. Between uh, between planting, uh, or leaving my other job at a church and planting Discovery Church, I had to... Um, would do woodworking for four or five months full-time and we just did our taxes and can you believe it that when we did our taxes the amount that i made in my taxes was barely enough to cover my entire mortgage for five months not to talk about how we needed to feed our kids how we needed the gas and pay for insurance how how does god provide i don't know but do it does do i doubt his provision at times but guess what? When I doubt, where do I find my trust? That I think that maybe if we can't have great faith if we don't honestly push past some of our doubts and work through some of our doubts. I don't think God looks at us bad when we have doubts. Look at Thomas in the Bible. You have you ever heard the term doubting Thomas? It comes from, it comes from the word of God. It's interesting to me that only twelve times in the Bible that Thomas is mentioned. Yet today, if if you if it goes down centuries and centuries and centuries of time as the biggest doubter ever, when when doubting was only such a small part of Thomas's life, the rest of his story actually proves that great doubters can become people of great faith. Thomas doubted that Jesus died and rose again. And people uh, told Thomas, hey, did you see that that there was an empty grave? We went to check on Jesus' grave and there was nobody there. Don't believe it. Prove it to me. Thomas walked, walked on earth with Jesus. He said, no, don't prove it to me. And he comes in an encounter with Jesus. And what does Jesus do? Jesus don't say, Thomas, you idiot, get away from me. Why wouldn't you believe what I even taught you before I, before I died? I told you I would die and I would rise, rise again. It was prophesied in Isaiah. And it, why aren't you believing? No, he doesn't say that. It says, Thomas, this is what it reads. It says, John 20 and 27. It says, then he said to Thomas, put your fingers here. And look at my hands. Put your hands into the wound in my side. Don't be faithless any longer. Believe. If you continue reading the story and researching about Thomas. The person that we know as the biggest doubter actually becomes one of the most faith filled individuals in the Bible, so faith-filled that he left everything, everything he knew, and traveled to India to be one of the very first missionaries to India. And not only just one of the first, he was one of the first to boldly proclaim the gospel so boldly that, that he was willing to die for something he doubted. Thomas's doubts drove him needing proof. We have a vision here at Discovery Church that says, seek truth, find purpose. There's one thing that we all have in common that we probably doubt. You have friends that you go to coffee with, that you go to lunch with, that you go to school with, that you work with that wonder the bible actually talks about there's there's this void in our hearts that without god filling that void without a relationship with god there'll always be this sense of emptiness the sense of doubt the sense of wondering if there's something more and we, we 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 designed this vision statement purposely because we wanted it to be a conversation starter Say, so you know what, you got doubts, I got doubts. I, I believe that Jesus can can cover my doubts and maybe you believe that Muhammad or Allah or nothing can cover your doubts. But you know what, whatever you believe, can we can we rip it all away and say we want to do one thing. Whatever you believe, we want to know that we know that it's true. And we can welcome people into this relationship to say, you know what, we don't have it all figured out. But can we together discover truth, seek truth? And when they're like, yeah, I'm good with that, guess what? just well, you just, wel- just welcome somebody into exploring truth. And the Bible says that Jesus is truth. And when we seek truth, there's only one person that we will find. Will we doubt on the way? Probably. Will we explore other things on the way? Yeah, maybe. But in the end, Jesus will win. We believe that if people are willing to act on their doubts, they will find faith in Jesus. And when they find faith in Jesus, they will learn what it is to trust him. Doubting doubting Thomas became trusting Thomas. Get this, his life teaches us that doubt is not the end of our faith, which so many times we think that doubt is the end of the faith, but rather doubt might just be the beginning. When people are willing to honestly doubt and to be honest, be an honest skepticist, saying, I don't know, I don't know what's out there, but whatever's out there, I want to know about, it. I want to know what I know is true. Guess what? We're making Steps towards Jesus, We're making steps, and so many times, I think, I can even reflect on my life that, it was like, no, the Bible says it is true, yes, I believe that, because of an experience I've had with Jesus. You think from the other side of it, where it's like, I've never experienced any faith before. And you say, oh, well, the Bible says it's true. Well, why is, it, why is that true? Right? We, we've had conversations with people. And we could believe it. But we doubt. But I don't think we need to be worried about doubt if it's honest doubting. Because doubt is not the end of real faith, but often the beginning. Doubting will lead us to trusting, because in our doubts God still shows up. In our doubts, He is still good. Even when we say, "God, I'm not sure if it, this looks good. I'm not sure if this this feels good. I'm not, I'm not sure if this is right." Guess what? God's not afraid of that. Those God's not afraid of us doubting Him. Perhaps you're in a season right now that you can relate to Thomas. God, you know what? I don't believe in you. You gotta do something. You gotta allow me to, to touch you. You gotta allow me to put your my hands into your to your side. You don't understand everything about God. Something in your life is just not adding up. Maybe you're trusting God with your with your relationship or your future spouse. Or maybe you're trusting God with your finances, and you're like, man, I'm giving, I'm giving. I'm being generous and being generous and being generous, but today I don't even have enough money to put gas in my car. God, I, I I trust you, but it's not adding up. You're not who you say you are. You have questionings, lingering doubts. Or maybe you believe in him, but you just don't completely trust him. You may have even committed to following Jesus, yet you will. You hold back parts of your life wondering, does God really have my best interest at heart? Or maybe you're here this morning and you're right in the middle of a storm. And in the middle of your storm, you're doubting. You might even be a, f- a follower of Jesus and you're in this middle of the storm and you're like, oh, I gotta be strong. I gotta be strong. Can I tell you something? It's okay to be weak. Because Gus is found right in the middle of our weakness. If you're a parent here today and you have teenagers, maybe you're, I will eventually have teenagers. Do your family a favor and allow them an opportunity Doubt honestly. Don't feel like they won't get into heaven because they doubt. God is bigger than our doubts. I even think that God welcomes our doubts in. He didn't throw Thomas away, He didn't kick him, He didn't push him away, say, Oh, You you don't believe in me, and I said all this, and I died, and I told you I'd rise again. Did you not believe the miracles I've seen? Yeah, you you walk with Jesus. He would have seen all that. But honest doubting in Thomas' life led him to be a martyr for Jesus. So i ask you this question. Thomas trusted God enough to die for him. Would you trust God enough to live for him? Thanks for taking time to listen to this week's message from Discovery Church. If this ministry has impacted you in any way, we would love to hear about it. Please email us at info at mydiscoverychurch.ca.